Hello and welcome to Earth Matters, environmental and social justice stories and news from across Australia and the world, produced on Gadigal and Durable land for 3CR Radio and broadcast across this continent on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jem Rommeld. This week we're hearing about a community battle for land at Parga Hill, bordering Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea. The Parga Hill community have spent years resisting an Australian-run company, the Parga Hill Development Company, that intends to build a five-star hotel and marina on their land. Community leaders underwent a lengthy court battle, which resulted in a Supreme Court declaration that the community owns the land they live on, right down to the shoreline. Despite this, in 2012, police moved in and evicted the community. Now, the thriving seaside village of 3,000 people has been demolished and a road has been built where their homes were. Some of the villages are now camped on land that was set aside by the development company without proper sanitation or adequate running water. Others have dispersed and some are living homeless in Port Moresby. A documentary film called The Opposition documents this saga. Here's the trailer. We have our church here. We have our school there. This is the fourth generation. And this is home. This is what we are fighting for. The top section of Parga Hill is being developed into a world-class tourist attraction. Two major hotels. About 800 apartments. And the displaced residents were now living under canvases and in tents where their homes used to be. We will fight, not with blood. We will fight with our brain. We are not lawyers by profession. We put our case on the internet, and that's where we started having this uh, international community coming in to help us. I began to find these fragments of information. The police had no right to demolish any properties there. The state were now 50-50 partners in this project. They've been following me and they've been monitoring my movements. The community, they are very scared. There are people within the government ranks that are manipulating the system. I don't think Joe was aware of what he was actually fighting against. So now, at last fight, believe me, Supreme Court, do or die. You cannot just go treating human beings like animals. All we are fighting for is for them to do what is right, that's all. The opposition was recently screened in Sydney, followed by a Q&A panel with the director, Holly Pfeiffer, Natalie Lowry from Aidwatch and Bryn O'Brien from Jubilee Australia. The filmmakers have been working with Aidwatch and Jubilee Australia to advocate for justice alongside the Parga Hill community. The evictions are still being contested and allegations of human rights abuses and transnational corruption remain unresolved. 
One of the people in the film is the former leader of the opposition party in the Papua New Guinea National Parliament, Dame Carol Kidu. In the beginning of the film, Kidu is standing with the community against the demolitions, and then she signs a contract with the Paga Hill Development Company to act as a liaison between the village and the company. Kidu went to the Supreme Court of New South Wales to file for a permanent injunction to stop the film from ever being screened publicly. This was ultimately unsuccessful, and finally, the film has been released in its entirety. The film's director, Holly Pfeiffer, tells us about that now. Um, we were preparing to have our world premiere at Hot Docs in Toronto. Um, and uh, just before um, preparing for that screening, um, it was actually on a Sunday, and I was spending some time having a bit of a recoup with my family, and we got a call from an Australian, a journalist from The Australian, and he said, I'm doing a, case, a story about the case against you by Dame Carol Kidu. It's coming out tomorrow. Can you please comment? I said, I don't know of a case against me. Um, and he said, oh, I'll quickly call you back. And then an hour later, then we got the, um, the email from our lawyer. Um, and sure enough, Dame Carol Kidu had launched an injunction case at the Supreme Court of New South Wales, um, seeking an injunction to stop the film ever being publicly released. Um, and one of the curious things about that case was not only was she seeking an injunction against the footage of her, but she was also seeking an injunction against all of the footage of the, the demolition at the very beginning, which we perceive, obviously, as a human rights abuse and that the public has a right to see it and the Parga Hill community have absolutely a right to tell that to you. Um, so we wanted to defend ourselves and, and the film and the Parga Hill community... Um, and we temporarily had to injunct um, the footage, so we had to do a redacted version so that we could screen at Hot Docs. So we wrote, this footage has been injuncted in the Supreme Court of New South Wales. And it was basically a, also a statement to say, if you're making us fight in your arena, which is the courtrooms, well, you know, we, we're filmmakers. And we know how to keep making things. Yeah. Uh, an injunction actually won't stop this film. So um, we made this redacted version um, temporarily and then went to the final hearing and thankfully won that. And so now we're able to, to view the full film with you. I should add that um, during that court case, we started asking a few more questions to try and get evidence um, about why this was actually happening. And it turns out that Dame Carol Kidu was being indemnified by Parga Hill Development Company to run that entire court case. Um, and so there are some still legal concerns and, and legal threats um, around, but um, that case itself has been wrapped up and, and we've, uh, we're able to win that one. Joe Moses is one of the Parga Hill community leaders who played a major role in the court cases that tried to protect the land from being bulldozed. He is also the main person the documentary follows. After being subjected to police harassment, intimidation and violence, Joe fled Papua New Guinea. Yeah, so since the film, obviously Joe isn't hiding at the end of the film, it was really important to us that he was safe before screening the film. So he came, to, uh, came with us to Panama at the International Anti-Corruption Conference run by Transparency International. Um, he was followed and um, there was arrest temps at the airport and he was followed to Singapore Airport and there was a number of issues with him trying to get out of hiding and out of Papua New Guinea. So when he arrives in Panama, um, obviously he's very traumatised after being in hiding for so long. 
um, and feared arrest or even worse when he returned home. Um, he certainly feared being killed in custody if, he, if it ever got to that point. So then we had to basically spend the next um, nine months trying to get Joe to safety. And Joe was able to meet with the UN Special Rapporteur on Human Rights Defenders who took Joe under his protection, introduced him to a bunch of amazing people around the world. Um, he was able to speak at the UN, he was able to um, study international human rights law in Nottingham University in the UK. Um, and so now Joe is living in exile in the United Kingdom. The company responsible for forcibly displacing the Pugahill community relocated some villages to a piece of land called Six Mile. Despite the conditions at Six Mile being inadequate and worsening over the years, the company has won great accolades from the United Nations for providing resettlement land at all. This adds insult to injury for the Parga Hill community, whose land was forcibly taken by the development company, aided by the state. Bryn O'Brien visited the community recently and is working with them to expose the human rights violations suffered by the 3,000 former Parga Hill residents. So the first thing I want to say is that people um, in uh, a six-mile relocation camp, the evictions of those people started in about 2012, 2013. So people have been living in those conditions which have been getting progressively worse for the last four or five years. Um, meanwhile, the company involved has been going around with its UN seal of approval to investors and financiers and saying, fund us to develop this fancy hotel, casino, conference area on Parga Hill, the land from which these people were displaced. Um, so when we say this looks pretty grim, it's actually in a lot of ways even more grim. The situation for these people now is more grim than it was um, when, when filming of this film ended. Um, when Nat and I were in PNG in May, we were absolutely shocked. The only information that we had about the community was, was how the film ends. So we'd assumed that there'd be some, some progress since then. Um, but in meeting with the elders of this community, with Anagini, our Uncle Tom, um, with Alan, with other elders um, that are featured in the film, um, it was their very strong view that um, they would like the fullness, or they would like the story told in full. And so um, we commenced a process of, we, we, we collected evidence. Um, Nat and I were both in PNG for other work, but this case was simply so compelling that we decided we needed to, to do this. Um, we started collecting kind of the basic evidence and, and, and we prepared a, um, the, sort of this... Um, footage with the community members as well as a preliminary report and we've used that report so far for some really effective political lobbying, advocacy and media work in Australia. Um, uh, but what we need to do and what the com community needs us to do to take their case to the next level is to do a, a, I guess, a kind of proper detailed survey of the human rights outcomes for the 3,000 people to basically... Um, overcome the representations of the company that people on this land have been taken care of to international human rights standards, which just patently is not the case. So in order to kind of come overcome that PR spin, um, we need to prepare a, a better 
more thorough report. And so um, in terms of whether there's hope, um, yes, there is, of course, that we hope that once this story is told in, in full, that the, relative, um, the relevant political actors in Australia and Papua New Guinea and elsewhere will move to compensate this community, and that is what they want. Um, so that, that political channels is, is one um, area for hope. Another area is legal channels. Um, as we speak, the community is preparing to launch further legal action to demand compensation for the human rights violations that they've experienced. At the base, I guess, of both of these angles is um, further research. And so if there are people in, in the audience tonight who um, would like to contribute to funding that further research, we would be most grateful, and so would the community. Um, it's, it's a piece of research that will be thorough and extensive in nature. It will involve... Um, adequately compensating members of the local community to assist us with research, so to do the on-the-ground survey work. Um, but, you know, the other things that, that you can do is get your um, mates to see future screenings of this film, um, go to the other links on this slide to demand accountability from um, the Australian uh, government and entities that are involved in this terrible human rights abuse. You're listening to Earth Matters, produced on Gadigal and Dharawal land and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. Let's hear some audio from the film, The Opposition, featuring Joe Moses and Alan Mogarima, a Parker Hill community youth leader. I feel, I feel really, really sorry for the whole community and... Where are we going to go? I mean, we're going to be dispersed for good. It will be like a morning day for us here. Yeah? After we hear that, we're going to move out from here. Settlement means a group of people, you know, getting together and living in one particular place. A place to live. The community was so peaceful. We have our church here. We have our school there. We have a law and order committee. These are people, these are not patient dogs. And this is their home, this is the fortune of us. We are not lawyers by profession. I need to get more advice on that. I need to collect as much evidence as possible. We put our case on the internet and expose the case as much as possible. When is And uh, the court said, uh... And that's where we started having this uh, international community coming in to help us in terms of investigation. As soon as I walked into the courthouse, everything was all in my favor. I did not panic. The court stated that from the top of the mountain right to the seafront, it's all part of portion 
1597. The National Court gave 45 days to Joe Moses and his group to move out of the property. The court um, did not consider the evidence that we put before it. There is malpractice within the lens department. There are people within the government ranks that are manipulating the system. Our case is straightforward. All we're fighting for is for them to do what is right. That's all. I mean, we cannot just go treating human beings like animals. Parga Hill is intended as the location for the APEC, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, meeting in 2018. Nat Lowry from Aidwatch tells us about how much Australian overseas aid money is going into that intergovernmental meeting and how this story is just one of many similar land-grabbing stories from across Papua New Guinea and the Pacific. Sure. Well, we've seen the two Australian companies, Curtin Brothers and the Parga Hill Development Company. But also Parga Hill is being declared a site for APEC, which is a big international leaders meeting which will be held in Port Moresby in late 2018. Um, so as Aidwatch, uh, half our aid budget goes to Papua New Guinea. And so we wrote a letter to the Foreign Affairs Minister to find out you know, what sort of connection was here They've said, well, there's no connection to the Ring Royal Curtin Brothers, but there is money, aid money, development assistance going into APEC. So we've been calling and we have a petition here that, that Australia should not be involved in APEC until the community is fully compensated and relocated. And so you can actually sign the petition here, up here as well. Um, and we also want to continue to do further research into this um, and this is just one, I just want to say this is just one case study of many in Papua New Guinea of land grabbing. And Australia is very complicit in the land grabbing that goes on in Papua New Guinea. This is a very unique case study. It's an urban story because often you, it's more the rural stories that you hear in Papua New Guinea. Um, it's a very important story that we need to share in Australia. Uh, as someone who's worked for about a decade, um, engaged in issues in Papua New Guinea, um, I'm always saddened by the fact that our closest neighbour is completely ignored, yet we have such a huge role. We have a very colonial history there, and um, in terms of our aid, in terms of our corporations, we're very complicit in a lot of environmental and human rights issues in the country. Yes, so there's, I think, 70 million that is going to be put towards APEC, which 50 million will be for development assistance. So really we have to question why our public funds are going into a big global international conference. Um, and as Bryn said, there has been political lobbying and the late um, Green Senator, Scott Ludlam, um, <laughs> did ask some very good questions and estimates um, towards DFAT, really questioning, uh, you know, is this really aid? Is this really where aid should be delivered? Um, so that's the work that Aidwatch, and obviously we're collaborating with the opposition, Jubilee, on the, um, the research around the community. But we also want to further that um, more broadly around APEC and the whole kind of land grabbing issue, not just in PNG, but also the Pacific. Holly Pfeiffer tells us about her plans to distribute the film in Papua New Guinea, where it has not yet been screened. 
So we'll be taking the film to Papua New Guinea, obviously. Um, there's been some security concerns that have prevented it so far. Um, and so we're working with a number of organisations in Papua New Guinea to be able to show it um, to the Paga Hill community and um, to other communities who fear being forcefully evicted off their land and working with organisations who will not only be able to screen the film but also be able to help the communities and work alongside them to be able to help the leaders figure out is there a strategy for forced evictions? If it happens, then what will that community do? There's a lot of, obviously, normal channels you can go through, the television stations, um, there's a human rights film festival, um, and we'll try all of that. Um, but actually what we want to do is pro-piracy in Papua New Guinea. One of the best things about the communities that I've learned is the word of mouth is like that. And if we can actually get communities to give the opposition like they give a story to, to each other, then actually that's the way that this film will be seen. Um, so I can't quite tell you exactly how we're going to do pro-piracy um, because we want to do it in a certain way, but we're going to basically just hopefully flood um, communities with the opposition for free so that they can share it amongst themselves. After the screening of the opposition, an audience member asked about whether there is consciousness among the Parga Hill community of what else Australia is doing in breach of international human rights law, and in particular, the Manus Island Detention Centre. Um, the answer is, I'm not sure about... Um, yes, we think, we think with certain members of the Parga Hill community, yes, I don't know about the Parga Hill community kind of at large, but certainly there are some very politically active people within that community that um, feel and live solidarity with people detained on Manus Island um, in a very, very strong way. Um, as to whether... As to broader views within PNG and Australian political and diplomatic circles about whether Australia's, Australia's treatment of refugees on Manus Island um, has had any impact on that relationship... And absolutely, without a doubt, yes. I've heard from, from very high sources in both countries that the Australian government, because of um, Papua New Guinea's continued participation in this system of imprisonment of refugees, that the Australian government is absolutely arm's length with Papua New Guinea on almost everything else. So Manus Island is, is not only a human rights catastrophe in itself... Um, and for the, the people who were detained on Manus Island and the Manusian community, but it is also an incredibly corrosive policy for Australia's relationship with Papua New Guinea, for democratic governance in Papua New Guinea, for the rule of law in Papua New Guinea, and for Australia's relationship with the Pacific more broadly. just to sort of reiterate what you said is, you know, what you see is a struggle you know, it's not a happy story, let's face it but the resistance and the resilience of those communities is why we do this work, really, at the core of why I do this work, maybe I can't speak for all of us here, um, but when you build those relationships, they're long term um, and this is a, for me in the work I'm doing and have done for a long time this is not a new story sadly it's not a new story in Papua New Guinea or the Pacific. 
And um, just to bring it back to, we here in Australia have to recognise the complicity of our government through our aid, through our corporations, of what is happening to other people on their lands. Um, so we have a responsibility to stand in solidarity, absolutely stand in solidarity with these communities. Um, I continue this and the toll that you take is because they're so generous. The generosity of these communities to even trust Bryn and me was exceptional. And that was in part because of the trust they had with Holly. Um, so, you know, for, for us, we want to be able to, when we go back to Papua New Guinea or when we're talking, you know, we talk pretty much every week with, with leaders at Parker Hill. And we want to be able to share that Australians are behind them. It's very, very important. And whatever way you can, whether it's through funding donations or whether you're going to come on board and take actions with us, it's like really important. Don't forget the Parkhill community, basically. This is not going to be a quick and easy end. Um, and, um, you know, the community has a whole heap of political and legal challenges in front of it. And, and we're in contact with members of that community frequently. They really appreciate the support they get from Australia. They're thrilled that people are here tonight watching this film, um, so you keep it up and, and thanks a lot for being here. That's all we have time for on this show. My thanks go to our guests, Holly Pfeiffer, Director of the Opposition, Natalie Lowry from Aidwatch and Bryn O'Brien from Jubilee Australia. You also heard audio from the film and the film's trailer, featuring Joe Moses and Alan Mogarema. You can get involved in the campaign in solidarity with the people of Parga Hill. Head to the website aidwatch.org.au forward slash the opposition. You can also read more about the film and organise a screening. Just visit theoppositionfilm.com. I'm Jem Rommel and this is Earth Matters, produced on Gadigal and Durable land for 3CR Radio in Melbourne. We'd like to thank the good work of the Community Radio Network for getting this show out nationally and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. You can contact the Earth Matters team by emailing earthmatters3cr at gmail.com and you can find our page on Facebook or call up the station on 03-9419-8377. If you'd like to hear more of our shows, you can find a list at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Thanks for listening and until next week. Global Intifada, bringing you current affairs through revolutionary and protest music from around the world. Every Thursday afternoon from 5 till 6 on 3CR. Because music is our bomb.
jailed black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. Desiring royal eyes.